You're listening to Boomers Today with your host, Frank Sampson. Well, welcome to Boomers Today. I'm your host, Frank Sampson. And of course, each week, we bring you important and very useful information on issues facing baby boomers, their parents, and other loved ones. And uh, I know each week I I thank all of you, and I'm going to thank I'm going to keep doing that because I our listeners grow organically uh, because of all of you sharing uh, either our podcast show or individual podcasts with friends and family. And uh, that's how our listeners are growing. And I, I truly appreciate it. Many of you uh, listen to our podcasts on uh, right on your uh, iPhone or Android phone, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, some of you go to our website at uh, boomerstodayradio.com. So uh, I just want to thank you all. Uh, so much. And uh, I, I know why you're sharing a lot of our podcasts, though, with with people, with friends and family, because we have great guests. Uh, we really do. And I'm not going to disappoint you today because we have with us Greg Lavoie, who is the author of Vital Signs, The Nature and Nurture Passion, and the best and the bestseller Callings, <clears throat> Finding and Following an Authentic Life. He is a regular keynote featured speaker at aging industry conferences around the country, including the International Conference on Positive Aging and the International Council on Active Aging Conference. Greg appears on ABC TV, has appeared on ABC TV, CNN, NPR, and PBS. He's also written for the New York Times Magazine, Washington Post, Omni, Psychology Today, Fast Company, Reader's Digest, and many others. I'm out of breath, Greg. That's uh, fantastic. <laughs> Great background. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on Boomers Today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, there's so much that we could talk about. All right. Uh, but you you refer to something I think I read in either an article or one of your books. Uh, you talk about uh, getting older uh, or growing older. And hmm. help me understand kind of the difference. What's the difference between getting older and growing older? <laughs> well, I think um, getting older is just something that happens as a function of racking up a certain number of years. We just naturally, chronologically age. Um, growing older is more of an in intention. Um, and maybe, maybe this is a good way to um, um, exemplify this. I ran across recently a video on the news outlet Huffington Post, mm -hmm. and it's called What is Old? And uh, I think, of, of course, it speaks pretty powerfully to what your podcast is about. And so very briefly, what they did is they interviewed 20-somethings, and they asked them, what is old? And the first young fella said, uh, you'll have to brace yourself for this one, 40 and they all said 40s, 50s, and early 60s. And then they asked all these 20-somethings to demonstrate how an old person walks across the street or how an old person does a jumping jack or how an old person sends a text message. And half of them mimed um, opening up a flip phone. And then they, they um, introduced the 20-somethings to a, quote, old person by their own definitions, 40s, 50s, early 60s, and had them spend two minutes together, T 
teaching each other something they were each good at, like a dance move, a yoga posture, a martial arts move, things like that. Then they re-interviewed the 20-somethings and asked them the same question, what is old? Now they said 80s and 90s, and one young lady said 100. And mm -hmm. the video ends with one of the older gentlemen saying, when people start stopping, that's when they start getting old. And I think that that video speaks to the question about the difference between getting and growing older. Um, and by the way, this notion of stopping, people stopping, that can happen pretty much at any age. I mean, I've taught in the university setting and I continue to do a lot of teaching there. I've seen old people of 20. Yeah. You know, people who they've lost their spark, their initiative, uh, they've opt demanding great things of themselves or even interesting things. Um, so this is, um, this is one of my senses of what growing older means. It's engagement. It's continuing. It's setting the intention to continue being engaged and participating in life, interested in it. Um, frankly, I, I think, I think of passion as kind of a, uh, kind of a survival mechanism. Because I think our attachment to life depends on our interest in it. Yeah. You know, you, met, you mentioned about, you know, I don't know the exact term you use. I didn't write it here. But, uh, you know, when you kind of you stop, what'd you say when you stop? You could oh, be... when, when people start stopping, that's when they start getting old. Right. So let me ask a question regarding that. So I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a right smack in the middle of the boomer generation and I'm, you know, I've got a lot of friends that, uh, you know, some are retiring, some are mm. not decided, you know, they want to continue working some, you know, I know people say, well, when I get you know, turned 65, I'm retiring, you know, I mean, it's like mm. it's mm -hmm. the plan. And I certainly know people who retirement have uh, worked pretty well for them. You know, they planned, I'm not saying planned mm. financially, planned Mm. Uh, you know, what are you going to do after, after yeah. that? And then you have those that mm. retire and then they haven't, they don't have that plan and they just go downhill. All right. Mm. Is that what you're mm -hmm. referring to? And can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, that is part of what I'm referring to um, is any really anywhere along the, the chronological spectrum um, is continuing to, to pursue things you're interested in, continuing to give yourself a sense of purpose. Um, reason to get up in the morning, a reason why you should stick around tomorrow, that, that kind of thing. And, uh, but anywhere along the line, whenever people start feeling that their passions and their engagement and their sense of aliveness is waning, I mean, I guess you do what, any, what you would do anytime you feel bored is you try something new. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's yeah. continuing to stay on that proverbial growing edge. Uh, what do you want to learn about next? What activities put you in a flow state? Um, you know, where are your curiosities? You know, these, these, um, these kinds of things is continuing to um, stay engaged in life and not check out. Right. Right. I mean, there's only so many days a week you could golf. 
Okay, so I think there's there's <laughs> got to be you know uh, plans for that. I, I, I know that uh, we do a lot of work uh, at our organization with families who have a loved one that unfortunately is you know dealing with uh, various forms of dementia like Alzheimer's. Yeah. And others. Right. And and uh, one one thing I think that is proven. All right. Is um, you know is to really keep that mind sharp and active and uh, the, you know, the, the suggestions, recommendations you, you get from professionals in, in the industry is, you know, learn something, like you said, learn something new, you know, maybe mm. you never played an instrument. Mm -hmm. Maybe, uh, I, I know somebody who, uh, it just amazes me. He's, uh, I think he's in his late seventies, I believe. And he decide he is going to travel uh, to Spain and go to classes and learn Spanish. All mm -hmm. right. And his main reason is not only the experience, but the um, keep his mind sharp, just keep his mind sharp. Mm -hmm. that, that's it. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I, I so commend him and people like that. So thoughts about that, uh, you know, not just yeah. that learning something, different and new not to just be you know hey i'm a golfer so i'll continue to play golf all right but yeah maybe try something else <laughs> you know right yeah you know um i had a conversation re recently with a friend of mine about what is an elder H how does one attain the status of being an elder and i i don't think it i think it's something you earn on one hand not just something that's handed to you on a silver platter by virtue of living a certain number of years um and and i think kind of an, an affirmative approach to getting and growing older takes into account like your friend that new parts of us are always clamoring for airtime and if i can use this kind of terminology the soul and the spirit don't retire mm -hmm. you know right. even if your career does and um and i ran across a really interesting example of that. I read a story about a couple who retired, sold their house, most of their possessions, in fact, uh, bought an RV and took off on the road to enjoy their golden years. And according to the story, um, after two months of this, they apparently got bored to the point of a near-death experience <laughs> because what they did is they started hooking up their, their traveling with what's called habitating. So this is a subculture of RVers called caravanners who, you know, they travel around the country doing their plug-in, plug-out lifestyle, but they help habitat for humanity, build people homes. So what they've done is they've hooked up their, their um, leisure with service and, and, a, and a renewed sense of purpose to their golden years. And I think there's something really key in that is – um, who did I run across? Richard Davidson. He's a neuroscientist at the University of Wisconsin, has uh, come up with what he calls the four pillars of health. And the first one is purpose. Right. So giving yourself a, um, a sense of um, contribution, a sense of engagement, uh, a sense of doing something that's, in, that's engaging to you. Um, and, and, but that sense of purpose, and also science backs this up. 
that uh, there is a connection between purpose and health. Uh, improved cardiovascular health, reduced risk of depression, um, uh, psychological resilience, and just plain old longevity. So there's really something to the purpose piece. Also, you mentioned earlier, not just the purpose piece, but you, you, you brought it up. We didn't expound upon it, but sense of passion and purpose, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and by passion, I just I really mean what most people think of when they think of it is spark, uh, vitality, life force, get up and go, um, that kind of thing. And to do whatever gives you that experience, it doesn't have to be world changing, doesn't have to be a job that brings in income. It's just activities that um, lead you toward a sense of uh, aliveness of life force and to not just articulate what those are, but I think also articulating what blocks the expression of your passion and your sense of purpose. Like I sat down and made a list years ago of activities that I was involved in at the time that were draining my energies rather than replenishing them. And, you know, things like um, letting my bosses at the newspaper assign me stories instead of coming up with my own or driving in rush hour traffic when I didn't need to be, or socializing out of guilt. Uh, for me, as a rule, television, uh, or even letting myself get trapped into conversations with talkaholics. Mm -hmm. So right. just right. Um, <laughs> a yeah. list of activities that did not replenish me, they drained me. And it's really important to identify what it is that blocks the natural flow of passion inside of you. I think it's useful to do that. Yeah, right, right. No, great point. So I, I, I think I, it was either in your book or, or on your website, but you refer to a term called the lifelong learner school of thoughts and aging. Oh, Can you tell us a little more yeah. about that and what you mean about that? Yeah. Um, so... There's a psychologist by the name of Abraham Maslow. And right. Maslow, among other things, gave us this, what he called the hierarchy of needs pyramid. Mm -hmm. So at the bottom of the pyramid, at the base of the pyramid is food, clothing, and shelter. Right above that is belonging to a tribe, et cetera, et cetera. And at the top is what he called self-actualization. So this, just referring to people who tend to fulfill their potential. You're, you're bringing, you're bringing said, back one of my psychology classes I took. I remember this. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's, that's precisely where I learned it, too. Yeah. Um, but but he, he says self-actualizing types are the people who make the growth choice over the fear choice routinely. And I just love the way he articulates that. Um, just... People who, when they're given one of those little choice points in the course of any given day, even, um, they tend to err more frequently on the side of, of taking little risks, trying something new, um, growing, rather than um, staying safe. And this is one of the primary conversations that we have inside of us, especially as we get older, is the choice between passion and security. And I'm a big fan of both of them. Um, but what I've noticed just in my own work 
and my own life is that when given the choice between passion and security, most people tend to tend to choose security and they tend to back burner their passions. And uh, sometimes this is necessary and essential, um, but chronically, I'm not sure this is a great idea because for one thing, you can't push passions um, onto the back burner and expect them to just stay there without protest. Right. Um, right. You know, just there's no trash icon in the human psyche. You can't just delete stuff and expect it's going to stay deleted. I think that would probably be the working definition of, of what's called shadow, the parts of you you don't want to look at, but that tend to harangue you um, as time goes on. So, um, so here's one other piece that I think is critical, especially since you um, are involved in the, um, shall we call it, the aging industry. Right. Uh, I think there's something really important for the people who serve in that um, industry. Just this is just my own sense that um, their inter their interventions on clients' behalf, families or individuals and care facilities, whatnot. Um, and, and whether they focus on enhancing people's physical activity or intellectual stimulation or social engagement or even sense of purpose, um, I think the outcome of those efforts will be affected by whether the, the individual worker belongs to the lifelong learner school of thought on aging or the can't teach old dogs new tricks school of thought. Mm -hmm. and, right. and and how how far along the lifespan they believe you can push the notion of being fully alive, because I think that's a relevant question. Yeah. And by the way, I looked into this because you, you we hear this a lot. Can't teach old dogs new tricks. I interviewed a bunch of dog trainers. Huh. It is apparently utter <laughs> nonsense that you can't teach old dogs new tricks. Right, right. Yeah. Most of them are eager yeah. to be physically and mentally <laughs> stimulated. And, and there's, a, there's a term that vets use that seems so appropriate for the, the aging industry. They refer to what's called shrinking world syndrome mm -hmm. for dogs um, specifically. And I think it applies as much to people as to pets. But I, right. I, I don't think it's just a function of incapacity, this shrinking world syndrome, but our assumptions about aging. Like, you know, if we think our dogs prefer just lying around in a heap by the front door, the question is, you know, have we given them a choice? But yeah. I, I guess this is just a, a way of saying that the values and the beliefs we bring to the people we serve in the aging industry, and, and for that matter, the level of self-care that we practice is going to inform the atmosphere our clients inhabit or our students inhabit. Um, so I, I just thought I'd oh, mention great, great that. points. Great points. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Great. So, so Greg, we're going to take a real quick break. Just to, I promise we'll be quick just to recognize our sponsor. When we come back, well, you know, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about, um, you know, your opinion and why certain people tend to flourish uh, over time uh, mm. versus others and what those people that flourish have in common. We'll talk about that when we come back. Um, Wonderful. Great, great. So do you know anybody who may be concerned about an older driver? 
While senior care authorities beyond driving dignity program is a facilitated self-assessment program for older drivers. This program has been designed to serve as a vital tool to facilitate older drivers and their families as they make appropriate decisions regarding the future of one safe driving career. If the individual is a safe driver, an advisor will provide him or her with strategies on how to remain a safe driver as they progress through the aging process. If driving retirement is the appropriate decision, then the individual and their family are offered possible alternatives, resources, and a specific plan to ensure a smooth and successful transition from the driver's seat to the passenger seat. So to learn more, go to www. <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> pardon me, www.beyonddrivingwithdignity.com or call 877-907-8841 to connect with a senior care authority advisor in your area. We're back with uh, Greg Lavoie, who is uh, the author of a couple books, which we'll talk about soon, and uh, uh, speaker uh, in the aging industry. So, uh, Greg, so I don't <clears throat> forget to do this. I'm going to get on with some other questions. Maybe you could share with our listeners a little bit more uh, how they could learn more about you and what you're doing, website, whatever you'd like oh. to share a little bit, maybe a little bit more about your books and how they could get it. Um, it's commercial time for you. Go to it. Uh, yeah, actually, I'll keep this a, a relatively short commercial. Um, yeah. The simplest way to just find out about me and my books and my workshops and all that wonderful stuff is just my website. It's uh, greglavoy.com, G-R-E-G-G-L-E-V-O-Y.com. That's really kind of world headquarters for me. Great. And we'll have all the information about your books and, and everything like that. Exactly. Okay, yeah. great. great. Well, you know, maybe we just brought it up. You have two different books. Uh, maybe you could just briefly uh, talk about them and who they're, who you feel would really, I'm sure everybody would benefit from them. But uh, if you were to say, hey, you know, I think this group of people could really benefit from this book and that book, uh, any, anything you'd like to share about it? Yeah, yeah, I can do that briefly. Um, the, the two primary books um, that are relevant to this conversation anyway, I've got some others, but our callings and vital signs and callings is really for people who want to turn on the receiver and listen for what wants to emerge in my life at this juncture at, at whatever juncture that is so i do a lot of presentations in university settings and i language it like don't just declare a major follow a calling and i do it for people in the aging industry as well um related to the questions you and i are batting around um, so it's really for people who want a sense of what is next. It's often in the kind of vocational arena, but vocational in the broad sense. I should say the original sense. It, vocation just means to call. It doesn't specifically originally refer to work, uh, but that is how a lot of people use that book. The Vital Signs book is um, really a much broader look at the subject of passion in sort of human affairs, what happens to it over time. How do we lose it? How do we get it back? And it's not just in uh, work related, but um, create creativity and relationships and a um, variety of different arenas. But it's really kind of a biography in a sense of passion in, in the human arena. Great. 
Right. And that was especially for people who, generally speaking, feel like they're, they've lost touch with their sense of engagement, passion, and aliveness and whatnot, and want it back. Got it. And, and can they actually uh, get those books right uh, off of your website, or where would it be? The oh, best? sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So just absolutely. GregLavoy.com. G-R-E-G-G-L-E-V-O-Y.com. Okay. Great. That's great. it. So let's talk about uh, what what do what do people who tend to flourish? We were talking about that earlier. Over over time, what what do they all have in common? versus mm. that uh, may not. Yeah, well, people who study this stuff seem to have found that people who tend to flourish the most over the course of their lifespan also tend to score kind of high in novelty-seeking behavior. So I'm struck by that. Um, you know, these are not the people who just want all of their proverbial ducks lined up. They want to be able to see them at all times. They want to know, you know, security and safety are uh, paramount concerns. And again, um, I'm a big fan of safety and security, um, especially in a world that sometimes seems halfway off its rocker. Right. But, um, but, uh, but the, the studies have mostly found that thriving is related to novelty seeking so trying new things taking risks and when i say that i i have to qualify risk is just whatever scares you this is not a comparison game it's not and it's not the big stuff like leaping out of airplanes mm-hmm. or traveling the world solo um i think the way to practice that muscle is little tiny stuff like um take your poems to open mic night or be the first to make up after a quarrel or try, you know, say yes to something you habitually say no to, or for that matter, say no to something you're, you've been putting up with for too long. Um, but it's also practicing novelty, for instance, same thing, small steps, like get up on the other side of the bed than the one you always get up on in the morning or sit at a different side of the breakfast table than the one you always sit at. Mm-hmm. You know, drive to work a slightly different route, order something other than your usual in, in the restaurant, uh, rearrange a piece of furniture in your house. So this sort of thing. And I just think this is the best way to not short your circuits out as you try novelty and risk taking and whatnot is start small. Yeah, start with and the small and stuff. And um, I think a lot of that is, um, you know, helpful in what we were talking about before, because I, I've heard, you know, uh, you know, experts in the area of uh, dementia actually say something similar to what you just said. And they even said, you know, try mm. brushing teeth, brushing your teeth with a non-dominant hand. Try, you know, <laughs> d- d- you know d- do the things that are just don't come so easy, you know, and I think mm-hmm. you're bringing mm-hmm. up the same thing, ironically, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something to that. But there's also things like um, spending some time around inspiring people or uplifting books, Um, you know, things that just uh, raise your spirits and raise your hopes for that matter. So there's, uh, and at the far end of that, I, I'm even going to say this. I, I know this might unnerve some people, but um, 
I believe that there is a correspondence between um, engagement in life and the awareness of mortality. In other words, it helps to remember you have a use-by date. <laughs> right, right, right. And I think we intuitively know this, that the older we get, the more mm-hmm. the sense of urgency is turned up on things, right? Absolutely. And, and the less and less postponement of our passions and our contributions becomes a, a viable option. I mean, I saw a bumper sticker a couple of years ago that said, warning, dates and calendar are closer than they appear. And uh, so I think there's um, there's something about a gentle, regular reminder that this is your time in the game and uh, that can help remember you remember what's important and what you want to contribute in the time that you're here. Uh, and, um, and and there's there's science behind that as well. I ran across a study out of Florida State University that found that people who walk through cemeteries are 40% more likely to help a stranger than people who walk a block away from that cemetery. And their conclusion was that the awareness of mortality increases people's sense of compassion, Wow! if not passion. That actually makes a lot of sense. That's wonderful. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, I know this one is I have a kind of a gentle little mortality meditation and it definitely helps me focus on what do I really want to do while I'm here? What, and, in, and in this moment, what's important, given that existential fact, um, what do I need to say in this conversation? Which one of these two books on the bookshelf should I pick up right now? Uh, what wants to happen? What wants to emerge in this relationship? Uh, those kind of things. It's very handy in the short term to think. And you know what it reminds me of? The book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Remember yeah. this one, Stephen Covey? A- absolutely. <laughs> you see it all over. It's one of the bestsellers. Yeah. yeah. So uh, habit, habit number one is um, be proactive. Just Take responsibility for your life, make it happen. But habit number two is begin with the end in mind, by which I think Covey means having a clear sense of where you're headed. And I I frankly don't think it's morbid. I think it's life-giving to keep the end in mind. Um, Reminds me of an old uh, Peanuts cartoon that I used to have on the wall in my office. Snoopy talking to a fruit fly whose <laughs> lifespan is 24 hours. And uh, the fruit fly is confiding his, his big regret to Snoopy. He says, you know, I wish I knew at nine o'clock what I know now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> all right, well, with that, I, mean, I, could, I could talk to you all day, but uh, unfortunately we're going to have to go. But uh, Greg, okay. uh, I really appreciate you uh, joining us on, on Boomers today. Uh, great information. Thank you so much. Really appreciate Wonderful. it. Wonderful. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you again. And I want to yeah, hang in there with me for a minute, uh, but I want to thank everybody sure. uh, for joining us on uh, Boomers Today. Please, please be safe. You've been listening to soon. Boomers Today with Frank Sampson. To learn more about today's show, visit boomerstodayradio.com. 
and join us next time for another edition of Boomers Today.